This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We listen to Mighty to Save, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. <laughs> Do you think you can make God laugh? No. You're a cloud if you say. Hey. I'm a Christian wife. <laughs> Sicario. Everything. White women are notoriously shifty. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Clean up on aisle butt. Only thing you're gonna catch from my toilet is stink. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. Here's my I'm stinky little spreader, co-host. Caroline. Oh, hey. <laughs> it's me. Hey, old stinky Pete. We're here to have Good Christian Fun. <laughs> good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music, the movies, the entertainment made for, made by Christians. But you know what? It's actually for everyone. And actually, even though it has a faith message, it's something everyone can enjoy. If you think it's about it. It's a specific it. message, but it is for all people. That's right. Any all- audience. Please listen. <laughs> please please tell your friends about our podcast. <laughs> Not yep. all desperate. It's episode 154 and we're stronger than ever. Our drive wow. to do the show has never been this intense. It feels good. Caroline. I'm excited about the episode today. Why is that? Because I feel like I'm going to sing. Oh. <laughs> is that why? <laughs> well, then we should uh, get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were you going to ask me something just now? Yeah. But who gives a shit? <laughs> That's true. Let's move on. <laughs> the first 10 minutes of every podcast is subtly the subtext is always who gives a shit. That's every first 10 minutes before you get to the guest, before you see, get to I the see thing. it as like my little slice of time with my friend Kevin before you, we go to work. Honey, you get enough slices of time. You got a whole freaking pie of time. That's true. With Kevin. It's actually quite a bit of time. <laughs> so the, we're talking about Mighty to Save. This is a worship, a praise and worship song from 2006 that entered the canon in the 2010s, I'd say, maybe even a little bit before then, by Hillsong. Hillsong United, a uh, great mega church worship industrial complex that has no scandals, has only had good people associated with them. Selena, mm-hmm. it's 2020. We've seen the quarantine cooking show. When are you dropping that worship album, honey? Let's hear it. When's it coming? Or what if they just did the same show, but instead of like famous cooks and chefs, it was famous worship leaders. So it's Jeremy Camp saying like, okay, honey, here's how you play a G chord. Like, mm. but doing that over Zoom. Wouldn't that be a nice little opportunity for her? I would like her to also do like a weekly Bible study show at her house that with her celebrity friends. Rock. Or she, th- come, she could come out with her own devotional book, Selena calling jesus <laughs> <laughs> celebrity bible study is low-key such a, a good idea that's what i want to see oh that's my god can we cast this anything. out but we're casting out our show today we got a special guest he's gonna help us talk about this song friends and folks 
You may know him from his writing on Big Mouth, his acting on Fargo Season 4. He's one of Vulture's comedians you should know in 2020. Give it the hell up for Caleb. Caleb Hero! And that's me. Okay, all right. This is your walk-in music. He's yeah, feeling it. Kayla. Do, do you guys think that I should start a band that just makes kind of intro type music? Is that something that would be viable for me? Extremely I can't play useful. Absolutely. Yeah. But specific for podcasts. So it's like, get hyped up, but there is a ceiling to the appeal of this music <laughs> as well. At the yeah, there's, a, there's 100% a shelf life for what I do, and I can't play an instrument, but um, what I do is special <laughs> because of that. That's right. Well, and do it, you, like, let me ask you this, Caleb. Do you have heart? I, exactly. I do have heart, and I have soul, even maybe even more importantly. Mm-hmm. You've got the soul. You've got the rhythm. You could do whatever you got to do. <laughs> exactly. And this reminds me of a very heavenly movie called Heart and Souls, by uh, starring Mr. Robert Downey Jr. himself. We've talked about this, right, Caroline? No. Heart and Souls. Have you watched this movie, Caleb? I have not. Okay. Heart and Souls is this, uh, is Robert Downey Jr. okay movie from the mid-90s. He plays, he's a little boy who's born at the same time that a bus full of people dies in like the 1950s. (laughs) Yes, you have told me this before. (laughs) The people who die then become his guardian angels for the rest of his life. No. So this includes Charles Grodin. Alfre Woodard and some other character actor types and they just are in 50s clothing clothing helping out Robert Downey Jr. as an adult it's so good and the answer to the question outside of film uh is Robert Downey Jr. okay Mm -hmm. in the mid 90s was no yeah he he was not yeah he he answered that conclusively but enough he was not doing well caroline do you want to confess he was was resting he was getting ready for his biggest role of his lifetime (laughs) he was was, it was all preamble he was resting in court he was resting in prison he was resting in rehab he needed to take a little time off for him what was coming do you want to share the things you had to peel off your childhood bedroom walls uh nay a few weekends ago (laughs) caroline yeah yeah um okay i went through a phase where i was reading um esquire magazine all the time thank you and it was a little bit like it was actually good and then it was probably a little bit like i'm not like other girls you know i read (laughs) i read a men's magazine (laughs) (laughs) um and uh so anyway sometimes i would slice out bits of magazines that were inspiring (laughs) or cool looking to me (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was going through a box of old stuff from at my parents' house this past weekend. And sure enough, there was a clip of Robert Downey Jr. holding a samurai sword and he had like cut through some sort of paper wall. It was it was rocking. Like I can't describe how rocking that picture is. What in the that was world? the one that I had like taped on my wall for a long time. Presumably, I think even in college. Okay, because you just you believed in what part? Like, what part was the appeal to you with that? Um, I think I wanted to send the signal out to people that I support <laughs> unequivocally this man. Okay, and his projects and his films, and that was that was the beginning of the Marvel universe for me, probably. Okay, interesting. And when you saw Doolittle, okay, there it is, right there. <laughs> We're looking at the picture. This is Robert Downey Jr. That's it. So this is That's what it. Caroline had 
posted up. Yeah, it was like worn out too. Like it had been, it had moved Ew. through a few oh, apartments. Oh, I see. Okay, it, it, had been, yeah. it, had been, it had been touched, <laughs> it had and, been and you name it, it was yeah. sticky. Let's no, I have say. to emphasize this was not a horny <laughs> item. This was not a sexual <laughs> item. This was a. This was like the equivalent of a young man hanging up a picture <laughs> of like Peyton Manning in his room. You know, and being like, "My it was guy, respect." <laughs> it was respect <laughs> for the it was craft. Respect. Of the acting and the personality. Well, um, I, yeah. he. I just watched earlier today. Actually, uh, while I was eating lunch, I watched Robert Downey Jr. on the new um, Letterman long form interview thing on Netflix. Have mm-hmm. you guys seen it yet? No, not uh, yet. No, I have not watched any of that. What is that like? <laughs> Uh, it's really good it's, it's the show should be called david letterman fucks around it's a podcast it he's just doing a really he's expensive podcast. podcast that feels like what he's probably wanted to do for so long right yeah, oh he got, fuck goes, around no he actually did a lot of that at the late show <laughs> several women would testify to later so yeah he he go he goes to people's like houses and shit he went to robert downey jr's farm in malibu crazy oh my god oh my god Great. i always find that robert downey jr as a person is like exhausting <laughs> like not i think he just is very strange like the way he talks it's kind of like faux intellectual you know but you're, you realize like oh that didn't mean anything you know what he just said That's yeah everything feels like he's a he's a hair away from snapping just <laughs> yeah losing full, it. like cult charismatic leader <laughs> a hair away from snapping well caleb thanks so much for joining us on the show <laughs> speaking of being a hair away from snapping can we talk about your background can we talk about religion faith christianity and how you grew up with it I am God, which has been. <laughs> this is oh my you, God! This I'm you yeah. forget for you. us. Are you serious? I'm coming out. I'm coming out. It's I'm been coming. really hard <laughs> keeping it a secret. We got a lot of so questions. Brave. How much time? I almost, I almost came out about this in 2016. <laughs> But then the way the, oh, election, the election went, I was like, oh, the not election. A good look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were going to blame me for this. Yeah. yeah and like, I didn't want to steal focus. I was supposed focus. to be in control, right? <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted Trump to have his moment. I wanted in the Trump sun. to have, because I wanted to give him a chance. He won. And I was like, let's give him a chance. And I'll say now, he ruined it. He blew his chance. Well, um, I mean, let's see. Let's see. There's a little bit of time left. <laughs> <laughs> He's got time. If he gets yeah. Amy on the court, mm-hmm. we'll see. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I love God being like, we'll see. I don't we'll know what's going to happen. Yeah, Give it a chance, fella. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I, I grew up in Missouri, uh, huge brag. And of course, <laughs> I didn't actually, you know, I lived with, I lived in my mom's household and she, it was just her and my brother and I, um, and she wasn't a big, like, she's very, uh, she has a Bible. She very much believes in God. She would call herself a Christian. But she was never like a drag the kids to church person. I think mostly because she um, was working three jobs, raising my brother and I by herself, and putting herself through college. So it, I th- I think she just didn't have a ton of time to for uh, for Sunday activities. Yeah. Um, but I kind of in you know as middle early middle school, I started inserting myself into church. Um, going. And what to, do you mean by that? <laughs> you know, I I went I went to every church in town and I said. Who wants it? Um, <laughs> no, I, it's where everyone hung out. It's it was fair. Missouri, yeah, you know? You're no, like, you're like 13, 14. You're not really allowed to do anything. You don't have a license. And it's like every Wednesday night, the parents kind of fuck off and you can go to youth group. And that's like a an activity. And so, you know, I was going to youth group and kind of learning about God and, um, you know, learning... 
about Christianity and non-denominational Christianity mostly. Um, no, I wouldn't really say evangelical, but there were certainly evangelicals around. Like a, a lot of the adults involved in the church had agendas, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and they were known. But yeah, that was the deal. And I so I was you know what I spent like middle school, early high school, kind of praying the gay away. Um, and it didn't work. And so I, how did, well, how did that manifest? It's like, would, would you talk to other people about it? Would you say friends like I'm struggling with this or was it fully internal? No, okay. no, 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 no. I definitely not talking to anyone about it. Um, because I also wanted to be my brother. My older brother, um, was just like a massive fuck up. He was a constant problem for my mom. Um, and I just wanted to be like, a model kid for my mom because I felt so bad that my brother was such a fuck up. I was like, I'm going to be no problems, Mr. Like good grades, get like involved in everything. And so I didn't want to introduce like a, an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like so, that moment in the sitcom when, when you're like, Hey mom, can I talk to you about something? And she's like, yeah, your brother just burned our house down. Yeah. What do you got? And you're like, uh, <laughs> it can I wait. just, I gotta be on my math test. That's all. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, tell I mean, me I, that. Oh, that's that's all. The house is burning down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just didn't want to be a problem. I wanted to be a perfect kid. I uh, I think I was a I think I was a good kid. And I also, obviously, I know now for anyone listening, being gay is not wrong. Um, but I, yeah, just at the time was spending a lot of time with like a big thing in church in my church at that time was like garbage in garbage out if you're listening to to pop music that's that's dirty you're gonna have dirty thoughts and so i was trying to listen to a lot of like christian music and i was trying to anytime i would have like um you know like a a, a sinful or a gay thought i would i would be like put on your christian music it's good in good out like i you know it yeah was, oh, like it'll automatically process. like clean and do car wash your brain for a while in right. sweet music of hillsong <laughs> like yeah you i you know watch like you know thelma and louise would be on and young brad pitt would be on screen shirtless and i would be like where's my ipod i need to listen to hillsong <laughs> I'm like, turn it off. Get me, get me a Hillsong album. Stat. Thelma and Louise has launched thousands of Hillsong fans over the years. I'm sure. (laughs) Young Brad Pitt in that movie was fucking devastating. That's a moment. That's a moment for never looked. Uh I think as good as he did in that one hotel scene right there. Oh, you didn't like him as like a 60 year old and once upon a time on the roof. That didn't. Uh, Listen, I'm not complaining about Brad over the course of his career. I'm just saying that scene, there was just something there. Yeah. When it comes to horniness, that was, I mean, in the horny community, that scene is a pillar. Yeah. we it's a we touchstone for us all, yeah, we, we all agree. <laughs> and in the alt horny no, no. in the alt horny community which i count myself a member of the first 15 the minutes of the curious case of benjamin button is also equally as pivotal when he is a when old a man baby? baby yes that's right no he's a man oh. he's a man he's See, not a baby. i mean yeah i'm not a part of that community <laughs> i mean no disrespect by this but to me that's disgusting yeah i don't like to kink shame but that just because yeah, he was like wrinkly. literally foul <laughs> just because he was wrinkly not because he was a baby catch my new film cuties on netflix <laughs> exactly oh what oh, oh caroline, uh, caroline said i won't a have bridge it too no, thank far. you <laughs> No. Okay. So that middle school and high school, and then did it start breaking down from there? Like, what was what was kind of the pull away after that? You know, I got really into um, 
I became a very big fan of comedy, like halfway, like, you know, probably like mid high school. I mean, mm-hmm. even before that, I think I was a fan of comedy, but I got very into like, <laughs> I got very into like George Carlin and uh, the seven words you can't say, dude. Oh the seven words you can't say. Oh, and Ricky Gervais, uh, like just <laughs> oh, no. shock comic. Wait, have we talked about this on the show before Caroline? Ricky Gervais's comedy? I mean, I probably. Well, I mean, and for the listener at home, and like skip 15 seconds ahead if you're easily offended, but Ricky Gervais is an atheist. Right. And he talks about it. That's the thing. Like, he he's not he only an atheist, but then there. he actually talks about it. And he's even, he's taken some edgy pictures where he's like, he's like crucified himself. And it's just, oh my God. I, you just can't imagine that stuff is legal now. But there it is. And, and he does that. Yeah. The funny, the thing to me, I, I you know, I, I think George Carlin actually holds up. I think he was a very funny guy. And I, a lot of his material to me, actually, the thing that bothers me about, okay. The thing that bothers me about my George Carlin fandom is that it aligns <laughs> me with a bunch of men that I think suck. Oh, yeah. And those men have generally bad taste, but nailed it on George Carlin. The thing about Ricky Gervais that upsets me is I wouldn't consider myself a fan of his anymore because he will tell a joke and before anyone can even respond to it, he'll be like, oh, did I offend you? And it's like, no, yeah. bitch, we haven't even responded yet. Like, <laughs> you're just hoping for it. You're thirsty. Yeah, you're yeah. thirsty for it. Yeah, he's like edgelord comedy of 20, 2009, personified and then plateaued, and then there was no other phase after that for him. Yeah, it's like, I don't mind. I, I, For me, in my comedy personally, I don't usually go that far, but I don't mind hearing people go that far. There's really nothing that's off limits for me. I don't mind hearing it. I just think there's such a, an old dude like... Uh, those there's that older class of male comedians really does buy into the idea that comedians are modern day philosophers, and I'm like, no, you're not. You're a fucking narcissist with a microphone, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But there needs to be some self awareness about it. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, like when yeah, Seinfeld. Like I'm the only one that could tell this truth. It's like probably not. That's like probably not. a lot of people that think that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if that was true, you wouldn't be selling out stadiums, huh? So it's. <laughs> It's kind of like no. A lot of people obviously think like that too. You're not, um, you're not this crucified like truth teller. But yeah. the whole point of this is that I got into comedy and started. A lot of comedians that I liked were like, Christianity's whack. Organized religion is fucked. Um, and I was sort of really got on board with that and was like sharing atheist memes on Facebook and like it really turned my. Wow. I became very antagonistic about where I was from, uh, the people around me, and what they believed in. And I think at that point in my life, it was all about being like, I just had this intense need to be like, if I'm going to be different than you, I'm going to be all the way different than you and fuck Christianity and f- like, you know what I mean? Just so in, in like, <laughs> like it, antagonistic and wanting to have a fight about mm-hmm. it. And I think that's kind of where I ended up um, leaving my hometown and going off to school. That's like the vibe where I was at. Was it comedian specifically like Gervais and Carlin or were there others or were there like other bits you can even remember specifically that are like, oh yeah, I see some cracks in this foundation where this isn't, this isn't for me. Nothing anymore. even specifically. I will say there was a, there was a moment I, uh, comedy in general was a big thing to me of, you know, I'm sitting in my hometown of Missouri feeling like, this doesn't ring true to me. I'm trying really hard because I'm scared because, you know, a lot of churches just traumatizing children into uh, fearfully believing in what you tell them. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my opinion. And so I'm sitting here going, this doesn't really ring true to me. And then I'm watching all these comedians pick apart things that everyone else is maybe not noticing or um, is too scared to say. And I'm like, that's interesting. And I, there, there was one conversation though that wasn't about comedy. I was at uh, a youth group that I was attending 
and we were having like a small, it was like the, the kids would sit in the basement and talk to the youth pastor and we would get to have like some real talk. You know what I mean? Mm. I'd be like, I'd be like, if you guys have questions about sex or drugs, don't be scared to ask them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And someone asked, um, what happens? And I, 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 I mean, I don't want this to sound heavy, but it is kind of a heavy question, but someone asked in the group, the pastor, what happens if a, a child or someone with a, a developmental disability, like what happens if they die and they didn't have the capacity on life or the time uh, in on earth to uh, confess Jesus Christ as their savior? Do they go to heaven or hell? And um, the pastor was like, gave some really uh, muddled answer or whatever, whatever, whatever. And then the person asked the second question, which was, okay, if someone is a full grown adult and they're perfectly uh, mentally capable of understanding these concepts and they live in the middle of nowhere and have just never heard of Jesus Christ, do they go to heaven or hell? And our youth pastor said, well, the Bible says that you'll know by the wind and the trees that I am real or something to that effect. And so they would know, they should know. And if they don't confess Jesus Christ as their savior through that, then they go to hell. And I'm just sitting there like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> they're supposed to, they're supposed to sit in the middle of fucking nowhere, see the wind blow in the trees and be like, I wonder if a guy like, was nailed to a cross. WW, I, I'm just hearing WWJD, you know, when I see a sunrise, I'm like, what right. is that? And this <laughs> youth pastor's take on it, his theology probably aligns with like a lot of mainstream evangelical thought with it which is basically a snowman like uh vision of god in which for whoever the person is in whatever isolated community he gave them all the clues and if they didn't get into it then they didn't get into it well i i had heard that same argument too yeah that like creation is like witness enough to everybody to like understand that you're i don't yeah you're supposed to know who christian god is but i feel like i one i was just like uh-huh makes sense <laughs> like when i heard that as a kid like yep and but i think i also they gave a little latitude of like well they'll know they'll believe in god and god will meet them halfway and that'll get them to heaven basically of like of course they're not going to know what the bible is or like what the holy spirit or jesus christ is but like the the general reverence will be enough to get them in there or something like that I, th- I, you know, and, and which opens up a lot of questions, <laughs> right? Exactly. So yeah. those, yeah, you ask those hard questions, and you start getting these answers that are like little compromises that are like, how can we still be right and give, it, but also not be insane? And it's like, what it ultimately comes down to then is like, oh, then this all could be like everything you're saying that could be done with if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you can make the the concession, like the concession giving for like oh, well, uh, somebody with uh, mental disabilities or somebody with different mental abilities, uh, there's different rules for them and there's different rules for babies. And it's like, okay, then then you're just doing whatever you want at this point. And that's okay. Yeah, like this is just magic, you know? Like you just made up a magic phrase. And that's okay. And sometimes it's important and sometimes it's – yeah, so just like acknowledging like it's not airtight. You Mm -hmm. know, sometimes it's not right. And it doesn't have to be. And that's the thing that I look back on most from my time as a child in the church is I really think I would be – I don't know where I'm at with things now, honestly, but I really think I would not have felt such a need to rebel so hard against organized religion if I had come up in a church or any church. I came up in several um, because we moved a lot. But if I had come up in a type of religious environment uh, where it was more about like progressive Judaism, where it was more about like asking questions and less about we're right, you need to get on board or you're going to suffer for eternity. That's so that's just so ridiculous to me. It doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, it's like extortion, you know? <laughs> Something that could withstand questioning or have the latitude for any sort of discernment rather than falling <laughs> apart like a house of cards. I know, that's the thing. That's the thing everyone says that we talk to where it's like, if there was some sort of, I don't know, maybe, who knows, and just like some space for it, then it probably, especially for the initial rebellion, would have gone a different way. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I think it would have been so helpful, but anyway. What happened to you on a specific mission trip into the Smoky Mountains, Caleb? Oh my God, who was I just? I was just talking about this. Oh, I was. Just, I, I yeah. I so oh, we went on this mission trip, and at this point, I'm like, yeah, I'm not talking to anyone about being gay. I think something's going. I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm gay. I mean, I feel like I'm gay since I'm like in third grade. Like, how I'm, old are you at this always, point on the mission trip? This is like the summer before my freshman year of high school. I okay. think it's right around then, um, and. Yeah, so I'm starting, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm starting to understand that this thing that I'm like, oh, something feels different. There are words for it and people, you know, exist in the world as this thing. And I'm like, okay, so I'm attracted to guys and that's what we're trying to work on. We need, we can fix that now that we, we, you have to name it to fix it. And I went on this mission trip with my youth group and I like, I, I liked a lot of the people in my youth group. Even the adults I look back on, they're good people. They like their ideology. Maybe if we really got into it, isn't something I would agree with as an adult, but like, they mostly were community servants. They literally uh, like helped raise kids in the community, especially I had like a single working mom. Like it was a good experience for me overall. Genuinely. I don't mean to, to demonize those people when I say that I was praying the gay away. I, most of my interactions with these adults were not like being gay is wrong. It's just things you heard around, Mm -hmm. you know, I know exactly Uh, what you mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're good. Yeah. They're good people. Really. I mean, I think honestly, but I went on this mission trip, had a blast for the most part. Like everyone's very fun and cool. And it was like a great group of um, people my age who I liked um, but they roomed me with the hottest guy in our entire fucking youth group, maybe in our town. Like he was a hot, Whoa. he was a hot guy and he was like really cute. And just like, uh, I, I just was, I, I just was like kind of enamored with him and I could have been roomed with truly anyone else. There was no one else on the trip that I was attracted to. <laughs> it could have been anyone. One of the people on the trip was a cousin of mine. I'm like, come on, put me in his room. Like, um, and not even a hot cousin, you know what I mean? He's like, so, I mean, I'm not saying you can't be a cousin. Gonna be like it's a happened. I'm from Texas. Cool, I understand. dangerous yeah. movie or anything going on there with the cousin. Yeah. Uh, but I got roomed with this guy and he was like walking around the room naked being like, look, uh, like doing little bits and being like my, my, my Mr. Hangdown's out to play. And I'm like, why are you doing skits with your, what's going my on? My Mr. Hangdown? Caroline, you <laughs> don't understand when you're at that age, that's comedy is being right. naked is comedy. Dude, hey, I feel like I'm just learning about like how much time boys spent time being naked around each what? other. I told you about the double red eye I saw on my mission trip, right, Caroline? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The what? I was a, oh my God. <laughs> well, <laughs> Quick digression. No, yeah, you got to tell them. <laughs> it's when two oh, naked course. men... <laughs> it'll be hard. I'm, I'm going to try to explain this as, uh, as, as well as possible. But it's when two naked men stand back to back, link arms, and then one of them bends over. And so the other one's kind of resting on his back. Kind of like this. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm, like if they're mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. then one of them goes like this. And then they spread their cheeks and then walk into a room. So you see um, clearly both of their butthole buttholes at the same and time. Butthole here, yeah. And that's your double red eye. I'm just so bored already. You know what I mean? That's just such a, a useless. A like, here's our, here's our Ricky assholes. Gervais stuff. You know, it's just like you think you're pushing the envelope and Come the invention on. of lying. Look, that was a better. triple red eye. 
I've seen an asshole before. I just can't believe how it, like, it's just like this guy who you weren't even, were you friends with him? Like, were you tight? We were kind of friends. You we were, were kind of like, friends? Like, we, I'd see him around church in the school. He was a little bit older than me, too. That was part of it, of course. yanking the, the dick out right away. Be like, just this, is, this is time for fun. Louieing <laughs> it up on the mission trip. Mm. Well, so much of, like, adolescent... I mean, I don't know what it's like today, obviously. I'm not hanging out with a lot of teen boys anymore. But so much of my adolescent male experience was... I mean, if you're in the closet, it's so gaslighting. Because people are telling you, like... Or you're hearing it in culture, at least. Like, oh, being gay is weird. It's different. It's wrong. It's, like, not... It's it's embarrassing for men to be, to be, to be uh, thought of as gay. But then all of these private experiences are just, like, straight guys getting naked around each other, touching each other, doing sexually suggestive things and being like, wouldn't it be funny if we were doing this? And it's like, babe, you're doing it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, you actually are grinding on each other, though. So. Right. Like, <laughs> like, wouldn't, it be, what? wouldn't it be funny if I got a boner from humping you just as a joke? And it's like, you just did. <laughs> he, so. I know, man. I had one of those guys in my high school. There's this guy named Pat. He was part of theater. And he wasn't, he, he was uh, straight as far as he claimed and could tell. And, uh, but he would mess with the other guys and like, yeah. yeah, like grab them or like go in for a kiss. And then when the guys, myself included, would pull away from it, he'd go, what are you gay? Like that was his rejoinder. <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. Right. right. <laughs> We're like, I don't, I don't understand this exchange. What's the logic there? No. Oh my God. It's, no. It's truly gaslighting. It's so it crazy. It's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it's stressful as fuck. I mean, and then and then you also, you know, you're learning so much about God sending signs and, and this other magical mm. shit. And you're like, what is the fucking point of this? Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to make of this? You're What's like, your it's big not from plan? Satan, I know that for sure. So right. where, yeah, what am I learning? What's the message? <laughs> right. What's the what's the big thoughtful design on this? And what I was your takeaway? What was the little nugget you got from that trip, Cam? That I was fucking horny. <laughs> Evergreen nuggets. I was like, takeaway. The takeaway always is that I'm oh. fucking horny. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, the takeaway was that uh, I was bad. That I was like, you know, that I was like giving in to these like weird, you know, these desires and that I shouldn't even be thinking of it that way. And that it's, that this is normal behavior and someone else wouldn't have been thinking it was, you know, something yeah. more than just funny. And so it was just crazy. And then also my, you know, we got paired with like college students from around the country would come to this like, it was a mission trip in a conference. You know what I mean? It was like you do the mission stuff and then you learn discipleship and things or whatever. But college kids would come and most of the college kids were like these dorky ass evangelical teens that were like homeschooled and now go to like, you know, um, Liberty <laughs> University or some fucked up little school. And... <laughs> Yeah, and if you go to Liberty, Liberty University, you're three. listening to this. Are you? <laughs> no. Oh, I was like, that's, I was like, that's crazy because what I'm about to say is get fucked. I mean, it's a crazy place to go to school. No, tr- truly, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh wow, I really my life flashed before my eyes, Caroline. I was like, oh, I'm about to die for a whole. Well, life. the new cover art for our podcast, Caroline and I are going to recreate that image of Falwell Junior and the lady on the boat, and their oh, my pants grandpa. are hanging out or whatever the hell. They're the pants absolutely, hanging out. We're going to do that for a new podcast cover. Yeah. But most of the counselors at that camp were uh, like 22-year-old kids like that that were fucking loser, dork, lame, weirdos. <laughs> and my counselor was this like hot dude that went to Florida State who played guitar and wore like tie-dye rainbow oh bandanas. And I was like, truly, what the fuck is happening on this here trip? <laughs> 
She was so cute. The stars aligned. You know, maybe crazy. maybe in retrospect, you thought God was sending you a test or an obstacle to holiness. And in reality, he was sending you a freaking lifeboat. Or he was sending <laughs> you a rope out yeah, of there. Maybe God wanted me to be gay. You he was never, like, listen. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. I feel fighting. like... Um, to your point, another hard thing of like the kind of the gaslighty thing too is like because you're so isolated, you can't talk about this with anybody else. You probably assume like no one else is gay here except for me, and I am right. like also invading these like sweet boys with their dicks out, and they don't mean anything by it, you know. And like I feel like it would compl- it would also make you feel like this wolf in sheep's clothing or something like that too in the community. Well, I think not who you were. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also that's part of it's it's an unrequired unrequited feelings in general feel like, especially when it's people you like, these are people you go to youth group with, these are people that you yeah. and it happens to, you know, we all have unrequited stuff in life, but uh, unrequited feelings, unrequited lust or love or whatever, I think the real like difficulty of it is that you're, you are assigning meaning to these interactions, whether you want to or not, that the other person has no consent in. And so it feels like you're creating this alternate relationship or reality that they are a part of but don't consent to. And it does feel predatory. And it does mm. feel, like, um, harmful, even though, you know, you don't ever tell the person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, yeah, it, make, it does make you feel predatory. And then you hopefully get older and go to enough therapy that you're like, it wasn't predatory. It was it was natural feelings that you didn't need to get rid of, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And you weren't the only one most likely either and like probably i I mean i think in my case i might have been but (laughs) (laughs) But probably we'll look them up we'll look them up (laughs) yeah trust me i have (laughs) (laughs) well i you know the i don't know this florida counselor i don't know what he's up to i try to remember his name i mean i deleted my facebook and that's where we were connected so that was a mistake Mm. but yeah um the guy that i was rooming with the hot guy from my youth group yeah. I, I keep saying this as if it's fact, and I guess I haven't 100% confirmed it, but a couple people from my hometown say it's true. I think he's in jail now, like prison. Oh, oh no. Oh, um, I, so I don't know why laughter was <laughs> Well, it is funny. I mean, it's a look, funny specific. Uh, look, it's it's look, funny. It's a funny, it's a funny outcome to the story, whether we like it or not. <laughs> it's Yeah, I guess the contrast of the, the innocence at the time. You Abolish know? the prison system, blah, 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 but also jail as the ultimate conclusion of this mission trip story is objectively <laughs> silly. Look, also, if there's a time to laugh at imprisonment, look, you're a straight white guy who has a... If you're a straight white, if you're born a straight white guy in this world and you end up in jail, you wanted it. You know, <laughs> I mean, like you, had to, you had to work for it. Yeah. It's hard for me to get in there. It would be tough. Yeah. Right. I would have to put a lot of keep trying to steal man? stuff. And they're like, well, maybe he's providing for his family. He doesn't it's, have a family. Well, he well, might someday. He might have one soon. So, right. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucked up system we have. But if you're born a straight white guy, look, you got to work to go to jail. These are the facts. Yeah. No, no. You got to lean in. Like Paul and Silas to bring it back. <laughs> you said you don't know where you're at now with your beliefs. Like, uh, do you have any like guiding ethics principle at all? You freaking sycophant. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I was about to ask. <laughs> atheist, you, yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any? Do you have any compass in at this all? world? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always curious because because the, the commonality there's there's a lot of people we talk to. Obviously, we're like comedy is instrumental in bringing them out of it exposure to different perspectives all that stuff and then in some ways supplants it in sort of like the community sense and then what was church or youth group on wednesday night is 
your improv team or whatever the the funny analogy is like do you feel like there's things that have like taken up that space in your life in that sort of vacuum yeah i'm just gonna really quick guys i'm gonna uh turn my lights on so you can cut this part i wanted to give a good break oh sure uh, yeah hey google turn living room lamps on 80 percent okay girl we got it it's like you're not gonna be on the podcast, girl. Okay, Google. I have like, some things to say about faith. <laughs> sort of, yeah, she, she, she goes. Growing he has up, no guiding I values. <laughs> she will. Um, and you don't have to cut me turning on my living room lights if you don't want to. Um, <laughs> so you know, you you for me, a big part of coming out of religion was just spending some time away from it and and being like. I don't want anything to fucking do with it. I'm an atheist. I'm young. I'm probably, <laughs> knock on wood, not going to die soon when I'm 18. Um, so I've got some time to just fucking chill. And then, you know, I took some religion classes in college and I really dug my religion professors and I got uh, pretty into Judaism for a while and just as a study and got really interested in it. And when I moved to Chicago, I took a, a Judaism class at a, a temple. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, lately I've been... I think I'm still ignoring it overall. I think overall I'm like, I'm not pinning it down. I volunteer when I can. Um, I try to be a good friend. And overall my thoughts on God, um, the entity are, I think everyone's right. I don't care. Like, I think everyone, whatever it is, it's all the same thing. There is, I think there probably is a higher power um, guiding things in the universe. I don't know in what way. They certainly don't seem to be all powerful to me. Um <laughs> because I, I don't think there would be a, a flawed universal like power, but they if they weren't flawed, they would have to be uh, lacking some power. Stepping you know it saying? up. Yeah. Yeah, they would have to be fucking incompetent. <laughs> Plug um, in. <laughs> which I love. So, yeah, so I think everyone's right. Whatever, you know, um, Muslims, Christian, Christians, Jewish people, I think it's all the same idea uh, and force and we just have assigned a bunch of different meanings to it. And, and I'm for now decently comfortable with that. And I, I hope that I live long enough to like explore it more when I'm just not so um, busy. Mm-hmm. So I, we'll put you down for Baptist then. Put me down for Baptist okay, and great. put me down for extremely conservative. Okay, awesome. Okay. Thank you. Really That's all you. I wanted. Okay, oh my cool. gosh. I will see you at the RNC. Yes, Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, RNC. <laughs> Actually, it's I, I read something once that and I, I this wasn't you know, I can't cite it, so I don't know how reputable this is, but I remember reading something once that every time the RNC happens in a city, sex workers eat. You know what I mean? Like, like, because oh, there's so much yeah. scandalous oh, sure. shit going on. Yeah. Well, honestly, any convention in town, I think, is anyone a, away for business is putting their dick in something. Boom. Hey, yeah. if we wanted to talk about convention sex, let's talk about our brother in podcasting, Robert Lowe, in 1988. Shall <laughs> we? Truly, 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 truly. Yeah. yeah, he 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 did some stuff. He did. He did, did some love. stuff. Unfortunately. Well, on that note, Caleb, thank you for sharing your story and your background yes. with faith. Very yes. fun to hear about and get into. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. (sighs) That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time once again for a format we do on the show sometimes. It's time for Singles Ministry. When we want to talk just about one song Not the whole album, that's way too long We got a format, just wait and see It's Singles Ministry it's Singles oh Ministry. <laughs> wow. Yes, Kevin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That, that too, was great. It's too long. It, a jingle should not be that, okay, okay. I well, that was, that but, you, but you had to do the full one, and then from now on, you'll do just, like, the little bit. You know? Yeah, I could just yeah. cut it to that, sure. But sure, sure, real sure. fans so will know the real the real song. Singles Ministry <laughs> is the format of the show where we just talk about one single song instead of make our dear unfortunate guests listen to a whole freaking album of this stuff. Caleb, uh, we're talking about Mighty to Save today, but then otherwise, what other Christian music, Christian pop culture do you remember glomming on to, really enjoying back in the day? What, what were you listening to? Oh, God. A lot of songs by Hillsong whose titles I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, just anything that I would shuffle through with them. Um smile by kirk franklin um (laughs) a little bit a little bit later (laughs) love kirk franklin um god what was that awful i always want to say remember the titans which is of course not it facing the giants facing the giants the movie the football movie yes about that 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 football movie that's so dramatic oh my gosh i watched that in my bible class and for the rest of the year 
me and my friends would be like, David, <laughs> whatever the like big scene is where the dad is trying to get him to kick a field goal or something. Don't give up on me, Brock. Don't give up on me. <laughs> Don't you quit on me, Brock. I had yeah, no idea fucking... you had seen that before, Caroline. That's, that's oh, yeah. incredible. Wow. Okay, oh, yeah. great. Um, okay, so you watch the film, the, the great film works of Christian media. Yeah, I also got, I, I remember a very specific feeling. I would have a bunch of my friends were very involved in a youth group that I wasn't involved in in high school. And they would get together. They'd got, for some reason, they got into this thing like maybe junior or senior year of high school where they were like, we're going to, we're going to really come together in our faith. And they would invite me, but it would be a movie night at one of their houses or one of the pastor's houses where they would get together and watch a movie, a Christian film. And they would be like, come over, we're watching God's Not Dead. And I was like, so fucking angry. I was like, I don't want to watch that. It's fucking garbage. And I finally struck a deal with like two of my very Christian friends who are like guy friends of mine. And I was like, listen, all us and all the boys will get together and watch God's Not Dead. But then us and all the boys have... I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I was like, if I if I do it, all the guys have to get together and also watch Bill Maher's Religious. <laughs> <laughs> and they consented. And I thought I was sticking it to them. I think that's so brave, honestly. <laughs> I like really do. <laughs> Again, I mean, it's like that's what you know. Maybe if you're like in Missouri, you're like famous, you know, whatever liberal atheist or something. You're like this is the perfect antidote. And you know, it, it, it was it, you know, it's looking back on it, my God, Bill Maher's such a douchebag. But the it really was like kind of that, like you know, you see these viral memes all the time that are like, my neighbors are Republican and I'm a Democrat and they still borrow my shovel or whatever the fuck. Mm. And it really was like a more pure version of that where it's like, we yes. really were just like 17 year old kids being like, and I'll hear you out. <laughs> and, and you hear me. How did, how did they react? How, how after the movie where they're like, I guess he they made some mostly, points. They honestly were pretty fair, I think. And yeah. I'm still friends with, uh, I'm still friends with almost all of these guys. Um, and <laughs> they were pretty fair. They were we'll like, they were way more fair. Honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, they were 2,000 times more fair about Religulous than I was with God's Not Dead. And, <laughs> and I don't feel bad about that. Looking back, there are many things I feel bad about my attitude in that era of my life. This is not one of them because God's Not Dead and other Christian propaganda films are heavy-handed, poorly acted, badly written fucking trash. So it's not comparable. Like, Religulous is like an actually, like, Bill Maher's annoying. His point of view is antagonistic for no reason. He's a douchebag. But it's an actually well-researched documentary with, like, at least points to make. Yes, not just professionals on, like, made this movie, yes. As yes. opposed to God's Not Dead where, or Facing the Giants where a couple of dads got a Kickstarter going and then put it to use. Yeah, well, and made it purposely, like basically for the purpose of like, we're going to fight against normal culture, you know, to make that. Mm. And so it is like a propaganda film. You know, it's not like, I do this because I love the art, you know, or because yeah. like, I have a story I need to tell. Well, and I've seen so God's Not Dead. We watched that. So you are correct. Like you, that, that opinion has stood the test of time. And it's also, I mean, it's a very funny thing to me that, you know, most hyper evangelical people are conservatives. And one of their big rallying cries is facts don't care about your feelings or whatever right now. And then movies like God's Not Dead. I'm like, 
this is emotional terrorism. Like, this is just like feelings.org. <laughs> this yes, is like, of course it you is. know, it's yeah. just like, there's nothing like you guys don't have facts to compete on your big thing. Mm-hmm. This is your big thing. And you don't um, have it. Well, Caleb, we then we have a movie for you because there is that one, uh, The Case for Christ. Didn't they make that a movie? Yeah, they did. We haven't watched that. Was that was all about freaking facts. So you have some homework to do. If you tonight. actually look at the tags <laughs> in this <laughs> my game. Oh my Jesus God. was literally alive and did all of that. So And we have the, the forensic proof. Yeah, we have the historical equivalent of Wikipedia entries to back it up. Um, great. I remember I remember also sitting, this isn't about media, I'll be quick. I know we have other stuff oh, to you talk got, about, you but I remember also sitting one time with my, my friend, um, not naming any of these people because I don't know what they feel now or how they'd want to be portrayed, but I was sitting with my friend on like a sand volleyball court. We had just played volleyball with a bunch of our friends and we were sitting there like it was dark, everyone had left and we were just like listening to music. She's uh, was very Christian. I don't know what she's doing now, but... Um, I know where she's at in the world. I don't know if she's Christian anymore. But she she was like, don't you just feel... And I was telling her, like, yeah, I don't think I believe in any of that shit. And she was like, don't you just feel like it would it would be better off to try really hard to believe it just in case uh, you're wrong? Yeah, Pascal's wager. Like, yeah. The whole fucking premise of your deal is that, he know, that God knows your heart. It won't work <laughs> if I'm just like... If I'm just like, well, you see me at all the church functions, it's like he would know. So then I would waste my time being miserable and also not get the prize. It's crazy. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if I'll just opt in just because of like a wager, you know, just because like a bet, like, like gambling that it could be right. Yeah. That's not, that's not what a system sincere is that? faith in Christ. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want to worship a God I could trick. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to worship a, a a universal Savior, creator who I could get one over on. Yeah. Well, hey, he's mighty to say. He is mighty to say. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, let's talk about the song. Let's listen to at least a little bit of it in one iteration. This is this is by Hillsong United, the I Heart Revolution album. I don't know why it's called that. But, uh, because they're political activists. <laughs> Maybe this was part of that wave where it's like we care about Africa. Like you, you remember that in like 2006, 2009 era. Haiti, Haiti was a big part of it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Bridge. The bridge is important. 
Is this the bridge? At this point, I am usually sobbing. Hands up. <laughs> oh, I thought he was screaming, the bridge! The bridge! <laughs> the bridge! <laughs> Wait, I can't even hear it. Ah, there it is. Oh, I'd always come in early on the bridge, too. That's pretty much it. And I, repeat. Oh, yeah. that. I still all remember like my harmony that I had for this song. Like I had a can, harmony. Can you sing a little bit song. of it by heart? Just alone, the harmony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll sing it over. I'll sing melody over Zoom, and you'll sing harmony on your Zoom, and it'll sync up perfectly. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, but that's hard not to sing along with. It's such a such a jam. It's a genuinely good song. It's a good song. So wait, I can I guess what your harmony is? Is it like shine a light and let the whole world sing? Is it like probably okay. yeah, whatever version of that is yeah. <laughs> Savior, yeah. he can move the mountains. <laughs> Mighty to save. Caroline Ely on bass. Thank you. Wow. Okay, so Caleb, you sang this in youth group. Was this a, a high school, college age? What was what, the strike zone for this? Middle school, high school. Okay. Big, um, you know, the, the youth group I spent the most time at had a separate building from the main church that was just the youth building. It was the youth center. And fun. it was, oh, it was, a, it was honestly a blast. There was a coffee shop in it with like cozy Always couches. So and yes. The couches they are sent, disgusting. Oh yeah. The couches <laughs> are awful. They sent, they had like uh foosball and ping pong and a big, like they would do, um, they would send buses to all the neighboring towns to pick up. So you would see kids wow. from like all over the County. Like it was like a big, wow. that's nice ordeal. A and then during end, the, if you will. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then we would have a big. Uh, like they would do like a big countdown to when service was starting and they would have like the band play and we would do like the office was really huge then. So they would do like challenges from the office, like get out, like get the, get the stapler out of the jello, just using your feet or whatever the fuck it was like, it was just like goofy little skits. (laughs) This is like like the time of my life. This is so fun. It was nutty, man. Yeah. Where every day felt like a good time. Plus crushing shame. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then it was just the most subtle, like, yeah, like. Um, you know, how many, and they would give away iPods and shit. I mean, it was crazy. And then the message would just be like, how many of you at school are saying curse words under your breath? Yeah. How many of you, <laughs> how many of you aren't glorifying God on Friday and Saturday nights? And it's like, I know the person next to me just gave a hand job like two days ago. You know what I mean? It's like. Nicki Minaj is not glorifying her future husband by dressing that way. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I love that shit. Your church had some money. It sounds like they had, they were well funded. It, it is a it is a big money church. It's the only like mega church in the whole area. So, like all the towns around my town were very small. Like didn't have grocery stores or gas stations. My town was like the place where you came to, and even my town was only like eight thousand people. So it was all still small, but it was like yeah, people came for their stuff, including their the god. Hub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get your god in the yes. You were the Walmart church. Yes. In terms of scale and size, this is a song that came out in 2006. It, guys, it won the Dove Award for Worship Song of the Year in 2009. Yeah. And did it deserve it? I think maybe it did. Wait, in 2009 it won it? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the gap is for. I have not, I don't, I don't know what that's about. But yes, at the hmm. 40th 
annual GMA Dove Awards. And this I is a this is an oft covered song. We can get to some of those covers in a little bit later. But yes, musically pretty standard mid tempo sort of. This is this is like this is in the middle of the transition from U two worship to Coldplay worship, which like I feel like the praise and worship genres move to. And this is like almost like a bridge connecting those things. And as far as like what the Hillsong stuff is, Caleb, why do you think this is a good song? Why, why, why was this a banger for you then? And maybe even now, I think it's catchy. I think it is genuinely fun to sing along to. I think when you hear it in a big room, like a big auditorium, it's that song that like, you know, there's a bunch of other songs that like, um, uh, what's that song? It's like, Jesus, we're living for your name. Never be the same with you. Uh, uh, uh. Like the, there's like Rocky songs and you do that. But this is the song that you play towards the end of the service when you really want people to cry. Oh, it's a closer. About, yeah. It's a closer. And you know, we love a closer, a big dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. And it's when your youth pastor is about to get up during um, the song and say, hey, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ in your life and you want to come down to the altar and pray with us, we would love to have you. And then, like, you know, very timidly, a, a kid who just like, came for the second week will get up and be like, that's me. And they'll walk up there and get <laughs> saved in front of everyone. And the adults are, like, sitting in the back, oh, like, yeah. the iPod worked. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it. I'll see you in heaven, son. <laughs> right. We did it. Soon. We saved another soul. <laughs> Caroline, so what, what time in your life do you associate this song with? Is, is this college for you? Is this reality um, LA? I'm sure I sang it in high school. I went to a Christian high school, so we had like church every week yeah, on top of Brad. regular church. <laughs> yeah, I <know>. flex on it. <laughs> Resources. But uh, the this song, I, I associate more with college, and I feel like I actually have like a specific memory of rehearsing with the with my college group like worship team for some reason because I did that for a hot second before I decided I was too distracted by myself to be on the worship team long term. Um, (laughs) And my incredible harmonies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, another part of the issue was there were always four or five sometimes like girl singers and there was just no room for me. You know, it's like what I'm going to double the melody. Like, no. (laughs) Um, but yeah, but I remember I remember this being in college and this is a closer and it's very much like a it's so funny because I've never ever once considered the meaning of this song, but like when you're singing it and it's usually like at the top of your voice and like maybe your register even like it feels really powerful and like you're really declaring something like shine your light and let the whole world but you have no idea like I couldn't I've never like put the pieces of this song together to like tell you what this song means. Until you know? now. <laughs> Until this podcast. It is funny. Um, like the melody of the chorus is so ascending and then the bridge does feel like a freaking climactic because it's da 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 and it's getting louder and higher and higher. Than, so it's, it's, it's like pop it's like pop sensibilities in a worship context in the sense mm-hmm. of like you're looking for that perfect it's engineered bridge. And, for that and it worked. Yeah. It usually worked. I so associate yeah. this with first coming to Los Angeles like 10 years ago and first going to reality. Mm-hmm. Went to a church called Reality LA, Caleb. It's a church that exists. Have you heard of that you... church? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why would he? Why would anyone? <laughs> Why would anyone hear of reality? I don't know. LA? I feel like some people that live in LA, like you just kind of hear about some of the church, like the bigger ones, you know, you just know. 
but yeah. no, you shouldn't know. No, I think <laughs> my the, proud the, atheist, my Ricky Gervais guy, like he's not gonna know. The like, LA church Taylor. getting Taylor. the most. <laughs> <laughs> I think the LA church getting the most uh, shine right now because of a certain Avenger not participating in a certain fundraiser. Might be Zoe Church. His name rhymes with piss. Uh, piss <laughs> frat, perhaps <laughs> may or may not. No name. Yeah, name. Zoe Church. Yes, but I, I yes I associate with that, and it was it was it was literally always the closure uh, for like two years in a row is what it felt mm-hmm. like, and and it worked the whole thing of like the move, and we've talked about it before where my savior he can come on, and then everyone does the thing, and it's like and they and it, when it, also when they get to the part when they're like shiny light, and a big thing in our church was for the guys with guitars to move their guitar off to the side. Like it's on a yes, strap, you know, yes. I'd be like, shine it Like, what the, it's acoustic. Yeah, let's like, go, let's go acapella. <laughs> yeah. And then they would come back in and be like, for the car. And, you know, it was like such a that production. Rocks. Yeah. Rocks. Fucking slaps. For real. <laughs> that gets me. Ex- Anytime you see that worship after sling the guitar behind Shoo. his back, you're like, something's You're like, happening. we're about to fucking worship. The spirit is in this room tonight. <laughs> Caroline, what did you discover about the mean of this song once you like inspected the lyrics a little closer <laughs> everyone like, needs some compassion <laughs> love that's never failing the thing i used to sing along to it by the way is everyone needs some action the kindness of a stranger uh <laughs> but I, I don't sing that as much anymore no um no i don't i don't know what the i mean generally like it's sort of that kind of call to action like just declaring how cool god is mm-hmm. but there are some things that are that do feel a little disjointed like everyone needs compassion and everyone needs forgiveness like i want that theme to be explored more in the song but it's just sort of a side note and like then- you want a list of ways people need forgiveness <laughs> No, more of just the thing of like everyone is uh, maybe looking for love in all the wrong places. Everyone needs some action. That's why I used everyone to say. Everyone needs some action. Yeah. Or everyone, everyone's hurting a little bit or needs like care. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a sweet note that maybe you don't always hear in a worship song. I liked that. And then it goes on to say, but all my fears and failures, you love me anyway as well. <laughs> so there's the... The signature "I'm a piece of shit" theme as well in yeah. the worship song. Mighty, to which shave. you love to see. You, yes, you do. <laughs> you love to see the "I'm a piece of shit" theme <laughs> pop back up. Savior, our motif. He can move mm-hmm. on. I just no. beating the chest all throughout. Yeah. There's a bunch. What do of... you guys think this means? Like, do you do you guys are like a major theme? No, I mean it's it's just the basic. I said God's good stuff. I do like a note of, hey, this is about everybody. Everybody needs compassion. Everyone needs some blah, blah, blah. Everyone needs forget. Like, that's the only thing that feels nice about it to me now. And the rest is just pretty boilerplate Hillsong core as far as the themes go, right? Hey, mm-hmm. hey, God's real, and you better get on board. That's the big. <laughs> He's mighty. He's flexing every Whoa. day for you. <laughs> That's going to change it, a lot for me. <laughs> there's there's this guy named Jesus, and he did something he didn't have to do. <laughs> and you owe him. What a guy. There's a bunch of different covers of this song. There is, uh, of course, our our favorite uh, uh, conservative George Clooney of CCM, Michael W. Smith, putting mm-hmm. his spin on, on the song himself. One needs forgiveness, the kindness oh. of a savior. Come on. <laughs> he is like the the middle aged man equivalent of like Britney Spears' voice, you know, just like a little bit baby. Yeah. 
Yeah. A little bit baby. Yeah, I see it. I see it. There's also our favorite. Michael Tate led Newsboys fronting it. Everyone needs forgiveness. Uh, Michael Tate needs some forgiveness, maybe. We all do. And of course, Caroline, we'd be remiss if we didn't play a certain psychotic version from Veggie Tales. I hate this. I'm so mad about this. Not Larry. Everyone needs compassion. No. That's never failing. Death penalty. Death penalty for this. <laughs> and imagine a 45-year-old man doing the Bob the Tomato voice in the booth. Kindness of the Savior. That was a good take. Did you guys like that one? can't square it. like... Bob the Tomato worshiping Christ at church. Maybe it'll be powerful at the chorus, though. Come on, everybody! The kids are doing heavy lifting on this. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that. Holding the tune. Uh, Let's skip ahead. Their arms are tired from carrying this song. (laughs) Do me so take me as you find me. All my. Anything but that. There's a word the creative play. license. That was a joke. Because the lyrics are oh, so take me as you find me. So <laughs> they have jokes. This is 20, 2011. Larry's better than that. Bob and Larry are better than that. I don't <laughs> no, like they're death not. Penalty. They hoard Kill them the out. vegetables. Yeah. That is unacceptable. Salad. tonight. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe it's time to offer final judgment on this song. Uh, and and give it a definitive thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, the way this works, Caleb, is we're going to give it a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast is when we send the song to heaven where the angels will be toasting it forever. Or we send it uh, downstairs where it might be roasting in eternity forever. So, Caroline, why don't we start with you? Breckback the oldies for the uh for that. Hey. Um okay. I'm gonna give it a toast because it's given me a lot of energy over the years. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's a fun song. It's a fun, inoffensive song. <laughs> fun, inoffensive. Toast. All right, listeners, come over the lyrics and see where you might take offense and send your tweets to <laughs> at Caroline's Farts It's like a dog Twitter. whistle to racism somehow, and I, like, missed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, some, some scholar is about to be in your mentions, like, this is actually an allegory, you and stupid. I unequivocally approve for all of my life. <laughs> so, okay, it's a toast from Caroline. We'll turn it it's to toast. Caleb. Toast. It's a toast. This song is a banger. This song has an important place in my childhood, which makes it relevant. And this song is, uh, above all else, above all themes and uses, it is a brilliant emotional closer. And from a sales perspective, you need it. You it's going to, it. yes, you're going to close some deals with that closer. I understand. Wow. Yeah, okay. Thank wow. you to Hillsong for doing that. One enthusiastic toast, one complacent toast that might be cancelable. What do I give it? What, what am I in the position to do? Ooh, what's it going to be? Well, I mean, upon re-listening to it, and, and I have some similar, maybe hostile residual feelings from this time in my life, 
for different reasons. But upon re-listening to it and hearing Bob intone it the way he did and going as hard as he did in his little vegetable recording studio, I give it a toast too. I'm sorry. It's a unanimous wow. holy toast from the yes. Good Christian Fun Podcast. We did it, friends. You can go to Christian Fun Pod yourself. Give it a roast or a toast. Get out there and... Pokemon go to the polls. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Hey, we're, we're taping this during the third and final debate of, of the presidential right. election in 2020. Wow. And I probably that's won't. That's okay. And I won't catch up. It's fine. Oh, man. Okay, now we're bringing it down. Caleb, let this float you back to that huge youth group complex building. The lights are dimmed. The scents are going so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's time to take it to a more worshipful space. We're lighting the candles in here, and we're not here to promote ourselves or to plug our own projects or or go for the, the praise of man. We're here to lift those things up to the Lord, including our social media handles, what we're working on, what we want people to check out. And we start, as per usual, with Caroline Ely. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok, at Caroline's Farts. <laughs> Are you not sure about that? I don't know. I feel like it's the only social media platform that right now I stand behind. Um, the one selling data that, to that China. Can change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Um, yes. And <laughs> I want to lift up a show that has rocked me to my core. It has changed my lifestyle. It's called Get Organized. It's on Netflix. They organized Reese Witherspoon's closet and Neil Patrick Harris's his children's playroom, and he's really weird on that episode. And it's just a delightful show to watch. It's it's maybe if you're looking for a British Bake Off level of like joy and problem solving. Wait, Reese Witherspoon from Whiskey in a Teacup fame? Yes. Whoa. Oh and from Draper James retail stores you may have heard of. <laughs> all right, great. We'll turn it to Caleb. I want to lift up um, all of the Republicans running for office right Whoa. now. They need it. They need it. <laughs> I want to lift up the Electoral College. I love it. <laughs> As a system. I want to lift up. Yeah. I want to lift up electoral politics and dark money within it. Um, <laughs> no, you know, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Says Things. And a must follow, obviously. You have can to. follow me if you, you have want. To. No, you must. No, 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 no. It's mandatory no, if you want to keep shy, listening to the I'm podcast. Shy. You're not. I'm shy, you liar. I'm shy. <laughs> you do not get to uh, however many followers you are without not being follow a little me, shy. Follow not me shy. if you want. Follow me if you want a bashful little boy on your TL. <laughs> oh my god! Um, scared of who, who votes red? Not the case. Um, now you know. Follow me if you want to, and um, be nice, be kind to one another. Hey, I'm glad you're catching on to my catchphrase. Mine and mine alone. <laughs> Throw it around like confetti. I'm going to lift up the kindness subscription box. Monthly, it's $25. Mentally ill. I'm sorry, Caleb, continue your lift up. Any other projects that's you're working on? Any work you want people to see? Oh, you know, I'm... Uh, all my stuff is kind of on pause because of I'm doing some live shows around LA and stuff when they come up. But you know, just follow me on stuff if you're interested and I'll let you know. You're in Fargo season four. People see you on that. You can see me in Fargo, that so is true. Excited. Erstwhile, hey. All right, thanks, Caleb. Well, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. 
and I'll freaking lift up. Uh, I watched <laughs> I watched a movie from 25 years ago that I thought was pretty good. A movie called Before Sunrise. Watch that. I don't care. I feel like a lot of people are talking about that trio of movies lately. A lot of people? Yeah. I feel like I've seen it all over. Yeah. What's going on there? And it might be straight culture. I don't know. Maybe it's well, problematic it's to lift I'm it up. Like, so it's yeah. good. I like now it. Now I feel like I need to get on board. Have you seen it, Caleb? Have you seen Before Sunrise? Never heard of it. <laughs> Is that true? That's true. I've never heard of it. Okay, great. <laughs> but I'm willing to learn. But I'm willing to learn. I'll watch Open. it. And you hear it. It's a bashful, Republican-loving little boy <laughs> on the timeline. You're here to listen. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more Good Christian Fun every week. And you can... Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity, and this month's charity is Glitz again. Glitz. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, sir. What a fun Thanks for having time. me. Such a delight. This thank was you for the being best. Here. And there's nothing left to say except for an all of Pods people said. Shine your light in. <laughs> Let the whole world say. Amen. Okay, we're going to go out. With the definitive version of Mighty to Save. Bad. Oh, now they're Bad and unredeemable. I don't want to live this life. I believe I <laughs> They're walking a really fine line with like doing little jokes and skits in the middle of it. Come on! Like, join us! <laughs> Oh my God, is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Oh, gracious. Okay. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.